Over the past several weeks now, in our second reading, we've been hearing from the letter to the Hebrews, and one of the emphases that this letter places and that we've heard the past several weeks is about the priesthood, about Christ being the high priest, that every priest is chosen from among the people and is a representative before God to offer gifts and sacrifice. And today, our second reading from the letter to the Hebrews says that every priest stands daily at his ministry, offering frequently those same sacrifices that can never take away sins. And as we've heard about the priesthood, I thought perhaps it would be a good opportunity just to kind of do a little teaching about the priesthood, the priesthood of Jesus Christ, as we hear from the letter to the Hebrews and also then the ordained priesthood as well. The author in that letter to the Hebrews says that Christ is the eternal priest. He is the high priest. He is the one who offers the sacrifice once and for all. In the Old Testament, there was other types of priests, and they would go into the temple and they would offer sacrifices. Every year, the people would come to the temple. They would buy an animal, and that animal would become a sacrifice to atone for their sins. It's one of the reasons why we have the word scapegoat. A goat would be offered, and so taking upon itself our own sins and a representative sacrifice offered by those priests in the Old Testament. So what those priests did is really a foreshadowing of what is to come. It prefigured the priesthood of Christ who offers his sacrifice once and for all. And so Christ as priest does that on the cross when he takes upon himself all of the sins of the world, essentially saying that the sacrifices of old are no longer necessary because Jesus is doing it all. There no longer needs to be a sacrifice in that same way ever again. And then there's the new priesthood of Jesus. And so that is the priesthood of the apostles, of those that were called afterwards, the priests who have served the church since the time of Christ. And their priesthood then is a participation in the priesthood of Jesus. So the priesthood of today does and presents again what Christ did as we offer the Eucharist, which is one of those sacrifices which takes away the sins of the world. The priest acts in persona Christi Capitas, which means priest, uh, the person of Christ the head. And we hear that in the celebration of the sacraments. That at the altar today, I'll take bread and I'll take wine and I'll say, this is my body, this is my blood. And so those words of Christ, I stand in that moment in the person of Christ who says those words. Or in the sacrament of reconciliation, when the absolution is offered, I absolve you from your sins. I am acting in the person of Christ. It is not I who forgives, but it is Christ who works through the priest in this way. There are three ways that we used to talk about priesthood, and we still do. I was still taught these in the seminary, but that there are three different offices, one could say, for the priest. The offices are to teach, to govern, and to sanctify. And so the priest teaches. 
Of course, I do that right now in this very homily, teaching about the priesthood of Jesus and the priesthood of the church. And so it's a teaching moment. Homilies can serve that purpose. Other teachable moments in the classroom with religious ed students or confirmation students teaching in other ways, especially today through virtual means and such. The priest is a teacher of the mysteries of God, a teacher of the scriptures, a teacher of the faith. And the priest goes to school for a very long time, on average six to eight years, in order to carry out this ministry. And so back in the day, it used to be that the priest could be one of the most learned persons in a community based upon all of the study that he had done. And so all of that education meant to teach the faithful to communicate the faith. The priest also is to govern, which really is the administrative role of the priest. And so to, you know, we kind of see this a little bit in the scriptures and the New Testament and the Acts of the Apostles the early apostles overseeing the finances of the early Christian communities. And so the priest governs in this way and allows Christ, as we'll celebrate next week, and Christ to his king to allow that kingship of Christ to rule in the parish and to participate then in Christ who is that governor of the parish. And then thirdly, the priest is called to sanctify Sanctify means to be holy, to make holy. And that happens right now, again, as we're here at Mass, to sanctify. Well, as we receive the Holy Eucharist today, the celebration of the sacraments are a way in which holiness and grace is communicated in the life of the church. And so the sacraments are meant to sanctify the priest and the faithful. As a priest, I pray something called the Liturgy of the Hours, and so five different times or five different hours of the day, praying for the sanctification of the world, especially for the people entrusted to my care. And so this idea to sanctify, that's one of the roles or offices that the priest has. I think we can call to mind so many of the priests who have meant so much to us whether they were pastors of the parish community. I know I hear many stories about beloved pastors of long ago, and so we can think of those priests who have meant so much to us, who really have been the teachers of us, who have governed, who have sanctified and helped us to grow in holiness. As we pause today to think about the priesthood of Jesus, because the author to the Hebrews teaches us about it, It's a moment in which we can pause to pray in thanksgiving for the priests in our life, to pray for their well-being, and to pray that God will bless the church with more priests who will serve, who will govern and teach and sanctify.